I was able to unpick my reasons for drinking and hold them at arm's length and examine them. And before this program, you know, I'd done a lot of work, a lot of learning, but I, I still just felt, when it came to alcohol, I felt this like swirling, undefined urge to have a beer in the evening and I couldn't give it a name or, or identify it. And what, what Complete Control helped me do was break this down into all the active elements that were at play. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens, and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now, don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Welcome to another epic episode i have to keep changing the um, expression word there uh, amazing episode of the one year no beer podcast today i am joined by another very special guest uh, one year no beer member um and uh, all round fantastic gentleman um luke luke how are you today i'm very good how are you yeah good actually um although i cram in too much into these days and then spend all my time telling people not to cram stuff in and the stress is such a big contributor to our relationship with alcohol, as as you now well know. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So um, you recently graduated, I like that, graduated from um, our Complete Control program. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to see you come along on that journey and see what transforms for you. But why don't you give um, our wonderful listeners a bit of background into you? Absolutely. I did. I did graduate. I'm still waiting for my certificate. Certificate. I, yeah. I'm, I just keep watching for the postman every day. I need that certificate on the bathroom, bathroom wall. I'm sure it'll be here soon. Um, absolutely. Um, my name's Luke. I live down in Cornwall, which is the far sort of southwest corner of the UK. Um, and for those of you across the world who don't know, Cornwall is like 
it's kind of like the UK is California. We've got palm trees and surfing and we've got a nice relaxed vibe and fantastic food surrounded by coastline. And it's probably at least half a degree warmer here than the rest of the UK. Um, and that half a degree is important. Oh yeah, I would probably... it is in the UK. Every half <laughs> it counts. Is. Um, Every tenth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I describe myself as a, a restless entrepreneur and I probably already have my fair share of careers and projects including working in film and TV and music and running an estate agency. I, I produce my own property TV show, um, which I ask forgiveness for. Um, I created <laughs> online. online. <laughs> I was part of that thing. Uh, I created online courses. And I, I currently run an e-commerce business called Coolboxes UK. Um, we sell the IC Tech brand of premium cool boxes across the UK and Europe to a wide bunch of people. Uh, including like fishermen, campers, caterers, and the medical world. So I like to be busy and challenged and stimulated and creative. And I really get a kick out of doing things my own way, uh, which is why the whole alcohol thing was really starting to, to piss me off, quite frankly, as it doesn't resonate with my, my overall kind of philosophy and, and way of being. In a second and, and um, alcohol and how it shows up and all of those wonderful things but let's start um d- digging into a bit about your journey because um you know it's really interesting this sort sort of choice of entrepreneurial path t- t- you know takes a certain beast um it is incredibly challenging from one entrepreneur to another yes. um and um i think that there's both a, a uniqueness to an entrepreneur like a a, a drive a force uh, um uh you know this wanting to create something your own way and I think from what we see a lot is that, therefore, um, a lot of uh, bad habits or a lot of addictive behavior or alcohol or things show up um, because of the, I mean, enormous amounts of stress, uncertainty, risk, um, um, busyness, and all of these other things um, that I think we'll get into. Um, all the things but, we love. Yeah. Yes. Yay. More, please. Give me more of it. <laughs> Um, actually, I went to a um, I went to a seminar once. Uh, well, I've been to many many seminars, but in the seminar, this person put up um, all of the things that um, uh, for said. Here are the traits of a, of a CEO or or a founder, and it went through these twenty traits, and it and it said, you know, stand up if if you agree with these, and of course, the whole room was standing up, and um, the big reveal was <laughs> from all this the these reveals was they tore off the CEO part and actually said um, the personality traits of somebody with bipolar disorder. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, and um, it was that interesting to still me. see the vast majority of the room still still standing up. Um, so I think it takes a very unique brain and things like that. And then to go and set up multiple, multiple businesses as you have. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think has driven you in your life? What do you think is your drive? Gosh, um, curiosity would be the uh, the underlying theme. I think that that thirst for for knowledge, knowing there are so many different ways of of doing things, and, and putting yourself out in the world, and and that there's there's only a, a finite amount of time to do it in. So I kind of want to get it all done, and <laughs> you know, ultimately help people. I think that's the the ultimate goal. But you've got to you've got to set your own foundation first. Make sure things are good in in your household, and then kind of widen the circle and help others. And that's that's the ultimate aim. And the overall aim is is to never retire. I, I really hate the idea of that. So kind of looking after myself, it really is a key part of that. 
I just I just see lots of you know five to seven years is my is my project period before I get a little bit bored. So there's mm. plenty of time for for lots of those. So yeah, I need to look after myself and 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 stay curious and not bored. Yeah, that's very cool. And I love that you know you've got a five to seven year time frame on these things. It's like I'm cool doing something for five to seven years and then I yes. know I've got to move on to something else. <laughs> yeah. Took me a while to figure that out, but yeah, I'm aware of that one now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rather than keep pushing, keep pushing and keep pushing. Yes. Um, and what about um fa- so you've got a family, you've uh, family life down in in Yeah, uh, married born. to Amy. I've got we've got two two kids. James is 14, Rosie's 10. Um and the, yeah, my wife's involved in her family business as well. So the kids get to hear a lot about business. Um, we're both, myself and Amy, have been on a, a personal development journey for, for quite a long time now. So our, our kids are exposed to all of our, our learning and, and ideas. And sometimes it's, it's greeted with a, a smile. A lot of the time it's greeted with a frown and, oh God, no, <laughs> not another thing. But, you know, I think, I, I think ultimately we're both, yeah, curious and, and aware. And we know there's another way to to exist to live uh, yeah on, on this this planet and, and you have to work quite hard to kind of push against the the grain of what we're told and conditioned um yeah even even as as close as home as your own family and, and parents find it quite hard sometimes to understand why you're doing things the way you do them mm. uh, and if you're stressed or tired or maybe abusing your body with alcohol it could be quite easy just to slip back in line with everyone else yeah exactly um, yeah yeah i mean that that you know that that natural tendency to want to do things differently in the expression of building a business is actually probably you know agreed is exactly what led you to questioning this relationship with alcohol which again we will come on to um because you're like always being curious and like hang on a minute you know Everyone else is doing it this way, but do I really need to do it this way? Um, so while we're on that subject, do you want to give us a bit of insight into your relationship with alcohol, maybe a bit of history? You know, what's that, how's that shown up for you? Yeah, I mean, what I was in terms of drinking and then what I became are two, two quite different things, which I'm sure I'm not alone in that, that observation. Totally. <laughs> I used to drink when I was out and about with friends and we'd be having, having fun, apart from the, the obvious regular poisoning of my body. I had a great extended period of like social nourishment, uh, nights out, a really enjoyable time. And after, after recovering from the night out or the weekend away, I was a take it or leave it kind of a drinker. And then from around like the age of 30 onwards, as, as responsibilities grew, I became aware that my drinking was, was shifting away from that to a much more regular, almost a daily habit of around two to three beers pretty much every night. Um, and I think like a lot of people growing up in the UK, booze was everywhere. You know, it was a massive, massive part of our culture. And as a teenager in a, a small village in Warwickshire, which is right in the middle of the country, our, our local council, so this is the late, well, I guess the late 90s, mid to late 90s, the local council provided a subsidised bus to get us into our nearest town. We paid £2 for this bus so we could go and enjoy the, the £1 a night, £1 a pint experience of the, the town pubs. Yeah. So drinking was the activity. Yeah. I think the current generation, the younger generation, have wised up. Yeah. They're a lot more aware. Um, but for us older guys and girls, it's, yeah, it's taking a little while for us to become aware, if, if at all. Um, so then like in my 
early 20s, I moved away from the village and began working for a company in, in town. And the place was almost exclusively staffed by temps who were in their 20s. So that really cemented things in terms of partying. And again, that was like, that was the key activity. That was the aim that we all seemed to share, which was to get out of the office and get partying. Completely. And um, yeah, and so um, what, what changed for you? When did you start to get awareness that alcohol was um, causing trouble? Yeah, so nowadays I, I would consider myself quite an aware person, very reflective. Um, but that awareness is something that didn't really begin until probably the age of 30 when I became a dad. And somewhere deep down, I knew that the, the boozing lifestyle didn't reconcile very well with the responsibility of being a new parent, which I know sounds blindingly obvious, but when you've been doing something for a long time, it's not that obvious to you because um, it was a steep and a painful learning curve because I'd, I'd parted hard for a, a long time. In fact, I actually went back to university to make it even worse as a mature student at the age of 26. So I did a lot of it all over again. Mm. And that really cemented a habit and, and almost certainly some amount of um, physical dependency to booze and partying and late night shenanigans and, yeah. and everything that goes with it. So that was my initial sort of spark of awareness when I was 30, which is around 2008. And then it took me until around 2014 when I really began my, my personal development journey. And I started to learn about other people who were living their lives in a way that was, was more aligned to growth and health uh, and actually, you know, a life that was aligned to their values. And that was a complete eye-opener. I had no idea. You know, I'd kind of stopped learning after school. And I know I did yeah. the, the uni bit as a mature student, but that was broadcasting, so that didn't really count. So I'd kind of stopped learning. I, I thought learning was done and dusted. And to realize that there's this whole world of learning and that actually you never want to stop learning was, was fantastic. And just the, just the people and the mentors that I kind of met virtually. Um, and The Miracle Morning uh, was one of the first books that I got into. I don't know if you know that one. Yep, I do. Did you Hal ever speak to, did you speak to Hal? I can't remember if you- I've met Hal. You met him. He's always quite um, evasive when it comes to drinking. I remember someone asked him, I don't know if it was you guys or someone who asked him about drink. Yeah. And I always found that quite interesting. Um, I'm sure he doesn't drink at all. I don't think he drinks. Um, but I don't the, think he drinks. No, I don't think he does. Um, but it was on the Miracle Morning Facebook community. I think I was posting about my struggles to wake up at 5 a.m. after my, you know, my obligatory three beers the night before, because of course that's what people do. And I think someone pointed me in the direction of one year, no beer. So it was a miracle morning that cool. introduced me to one unit, one year, no beer. Very and then cool. over the next few years, I did a, like a three month stint alcohol free. And then I did an eight month and then another four months. And then last spring, it takes us right up to last spring. I did the 75 hard challenge, which was kind of the, a big craze for a while. That was another two months of being, alcohol-free. But after that, something shifted and I got into a, a solid routine of nightly drinking. So mm. never, never getting drunk or doing anything silly or dangerous or outrageous. But I think getting into a pattern that's potentially just as deadly, albeit in a quiet way, as a, as a crazy sort of binge drinker, you know, becoming one of the hidden drinkers of this world who aren't, yeah. aren't waking up in the gutter or ruining lives but, but instead a, a gradually sort of just gradually 
picking away at the quality yeah. of their own lives bit by bit by bit, picking away at their yeah. health and their relationship and their, you know, their ability to thrive every day. Did you know that we offer loads more support? Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYMBers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, podcast 10 will get you 10% discount of joining AFM you know I can't I can't actually measure this but I, I feel like I was operating between sort of two and ten percent below par every single day mm. and I didn't know why you know I've got I've got a fairly good brain and it's, it's full of lots of great information so I, I knew fundamentally that that daily drinking is bad on so many levels yet I still carried on um, and I, I, I used to say that I had this inbuilt mechanism, like a little voice that every now and then would say, okay, Luke, it's time to take a break from the beer. Um, and that would be enough. Everything would fall into place. And I would, I would stop for a while, but since last spring, whether, you know, whether that's, um, a compounding effect of all the pandemic stuff or business stresses or various things happening within the family, I just couldn't find my way back into that that way of being it was like it was like I was on the wrong side of a you know a glass wall I could see all the benefits I knew all the benefits so clearly yeah I just couldn't get through to the the other side to enjoy them Mm. yeah I think it's a very common um situation or certainly from what we're seeing um, more and more people they take a break from alcohol and then they they discover that it seems to come back and sometimes it comes back worse or different, you know, in in your situation. And, you know, like you say, at home drinking um, alone, there's so much of that, which can be very dangerous. Um, You know, it very easily steeps off uh, into something. There's nobody there to catch and all of those kind of of things. Yeah. Um, So it's, and you're not getting the benefit of being with other people. And at least if you're, you're out with a bunch of friends in a, in a pub every, every once in a while, you're having a good chat and, you know, you're listening to each other and you're having fun. That, that part had kind of gone. Mm. So it was just the, um, just the beer part left. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, how did you, what did you, at what point did you decide to take action or, or, um, yeah, what made you decide to, um, Sort this. Probably just about the same time you started advertising <laughs> control. So that something's working in the universe or the algorithm. I think that yeah. was the same with a few folks in our group. It was just a case yeah. of great timing because I couldn't, I couldn't self-motivate my way into a, a period of being alcohol-free this time around. I knew that some kind of external help was required. Um, so with complete control, I love the idea of this combination of taking sort of business and entrepreneurship and living your best life and then holding that up against alcohol and saying, you know, where do you belong here in this mix? And how are you, how are you serving me if at all? So as soon as, as soon as I saw that offering, there was, there was no other option for me. I had to go for it. 
um, because it, it just ticks all the boxes and I've never seen anything, anything like it anywhere else. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know of anything um, like it anywhere else uh, for now. We'll see. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been it has been a, a fantastic program. It's been really uh, amazing to take people through and, and, and we can talk about that. So um, you saw, well, like, I mean, <laughs> the, on the retreat recently, everybody was like, oh, yeah. And I saw the emails and saw the email. Everyone was talking about how the email finally landed in. And then it was like, right, they, they, they were compelled to take action. So um Sometimes the emails do work. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. How did you how did you find the program? What was it like? Um, well, it worked. <laughs> Should we leave it at that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, um, great. It, it was it was great to go deep into the real reasons behind why we drink, and then and then go even deeper into you know patterns from our past that undeniably have, have shaped how we all show up today. And then once you've discovered these things and, and acknowledged them and sat with them and really thought about where they come from and, and why they play out over and over again, once, once you've done all that, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't unlearn or unknow or, or unsee what you've discovered. And I think that's the, the magic of the, the program. So what, what got my attention was the, the fact that you guys are throwing everything at this and that excited me you know the coaching the hypnotherapy the meditation the therapeutic work the journaling the group meetings online community and i'm sure i'm missing something Fresh that really news meditation yeah um it's uh, all in the all that good kitchen stuff. sink <laughs> kitchen sink <laughs> everything it, we can throw at you in eight weeks yeah we and why yeah and why not we're only here once so why not use yeah. everything in your power right now Exactly. I mean, and that and that was it. It was like, let's get the best of what we know, put it into a program um, and try and make significant changes with people in, in eight short weeks. So um, and there is a lot. And, uh, um, you know, the, the, I think the outcomes are speaking for itself. So um, you went through this program. What were some of the key? Um, yeah. Was there anything you'd share um, that was like a key insight for you? That was a key. I mean, Sorry, just to pick on what you said, you can't unlearn. <clears throat> and I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, you know, I've spoken to people who've gone into all sorts of different programs, um, all sorts of whether they've um, tried cancelling or coaching or, um, you know, they've tried um, what is traditionally out there. So they may not have felt like they needed to go to rehab, but they've been into rehab. Um, and, the, the you know, uh, one person who came out of rehab said that they did no trauma work. They did no work into past trauma on the rehab and that she went pretty much back to exactly how she was two weeks later after coming out of rehab. And I think it cost 27 and a half thousand, um, which I think should be criminal. Um, mm -hmm. But um, the, the, this is, this is the stuff was we, we've always looked at things from a very different lens, right? Because we didn't go through the traditional coaching, the, the, the traditional training, um, we came at this looking at that was how one year no beer was born, right? It was born through a different lens of looking at this whole thing. And so when we looked at this, we said, well, let's sit down and look at this again about how we're trying to get people to shift and what we know is the core reasons why somebody drinks, what's their, what, you know, the underlying behaviors, the underlying things. And then let's try and get people to, to discover those things for themselves. Um, and as you say, if you have been brought out of, the bottle, right? And that you've suddenly 
transformed into something else. We're not going to get you back into that bottle. And that is the you can't unlearn, right? You cannot unlearn these things that we've shown you. Like your relationship with alcohol is transformed. Um, and and it's going to be very difficult for you, really difficult for, for you to be, go back to how you were. Now you know um, some of the things you know. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that completely. And that's that's the thing that resonated with me. I was able to unpick my reasons for drinking like, and hold them at arm's length and examine them. And bef- before this program, you know, I, I'd done a lot of work, a lot of learning, but I, I still just felt when it came to alcohol, I felt this like swirling undefined urge to have a beer in the evening and I couldn't give it a name or, or identify it. And what, what complete control helped me do was break this down into all the active elements that were at play. And there are lots of them, lots and lots of them. So I can now go, okay, that's me being overwhelmed. So I can use this technique or, or that's, that's stress. And here's what's good for that. Or, okay, I didn't sleep well last night. So I need to go easy on myself and do this. And, and the list goes on and on. And then when you combine that with doing the deeper work of exploring childhood events or traumas that have, have formed the ego that exists in the world today, then I think you're onto a, a winning formula. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Thank you for giving us a bit of insight in there. And I think the 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 core part of this is really to to even link back these patterns that we're running to these past traumatic experiences. And I think this is one of the significantly powerful parts of the program um, is, well, if you look at all Gabbermati's work, right? So Gabbermati, you know, one of the great addiction um, gurus of our time. Um, and he says that, you know, addiction is a response to trauma. Um, and don't ask, you know, ask ask um, what happened to you, not what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, and and so, c- coming back to understand that we all have trauma. We all have trauma. Okay. We all. I just want to say it for the third time. We all have trauma. Trauma is in the eye of the beholder. It doesn't mean that we all had significantly horrific things happen to in our in our past. But what it does mean is it means that there were moments in our childhood that we perceived something as traumatic. And in that moment, we made up a belief or an identity about ourselves. And going forward for the rest of our life, we actually subconsciously create situations to prove that belief true. Now, you could probably listen to that four or five times over and still want to try and grasp the whole concept because it's enormous. The fact that we're running around on a day-to-day basis self self destructing by creating mm. situations that are you going almost to don't want to pain. believe it no and that you're like i'm really running on these kind of patterns on a daily basis yeah and that that moment in your past has been controlling you on a day-to-day basis your whole life and i think that is jaw-droppingly massive and it certainly was for my discovery when i went through understanding this probably two or three years ago um when it when i went through my own understanding of trauma and that's when i was like okay this is this is what we have to help people release and understand for and you know jen spent a, a year training to be able to um do the level of coaching she does in the program anyway and it so, applies to every single person on the planet no matter where you are um you know where you are socially economically we all have some version of it is there is there anything vaguely or something you'd you'd be willing to share or discuss 
there from an insight or is that um, uh, it's it's so fragmented right down to you know the way people spoke to me or you know little little looks so you, they talk about trauma with a little t don't they just little things yeah. you know right through to to bullying at school and that was pretty traumatic yeah um and then that led on to influencing choices about who i spent time with or had relationships with and just there's so much in there i probably wouldn't want to want to get into but yeah. everyone's story is is unique and and the thing we can probably all agree on is, is that we all have some form of it and you definitely won't do any harm by doing the work and 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 looking into it at least reading a book by the great gabor mate what's a gabber mate is, my, is what my my son said <laughs> the book. what's a gabber mate dad <laughs> just read it james <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly good get them in early um okay great and so what do you, what do you think overall the outcome was of the program for you and and what does it look like going forward for you um i was open-minded about what the outcome would be but as, as the weeks went by um my overall objective kind of formed and that was to invert my drinking pattern if that makes sense. So where I'd been sort of drinking for maybe 98% of my days in a year and having 2% off, I was looking at completely flipping that and being 98% alcohol-free with just a select number of drinking days. So no drinking at home, that gets rid of a whole load of that. Amazing. No mindless drinking. Um, you know, I've got tools to drink, to, tools to drink, tools to deal with that now. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm saving it for special occasions. You know, like seeing my oldest friends, which I'm doing at the end of this month. Um, but there's a, there's an important caveat, which is that on the rare occasion when I do drink, there needs to be a good window of recovery laid out for me afterwards, because I don't ever want to put myself in a position again where I'm compromised by a hangover, however slight yeah. and nagging that hangover is. You know, I don't want to be coming back from a seeing all my friends um, and then having to take my, my daughter to football or my son somewhere and just dreading having to do it because I feel feel terrible. I just don't want to ever be in that place again. I've been there and done that. It doesn't serve anybody. And I feel confident, you know, that's my plan. I'm sure there's going to be bumps along the way. But like I said earlier, and you said again, once the stuff's been confronted, the genie's out of the bottle. So it's very hard to unlearn it. And um, this, this, this desire to have this relationship with alcohol has been with me for so long. I've known that it's how I wanted to be, but now I actually, I actually get to step up and live it and own it with, with confidence. Yeah. Amazing. Super powerful. And um, congratulations, you know, well done to you for doing the work because you did, you, well, you thank went you. all in on it. Um, and, um, you know, we were huge huge contributor and, and yeah, you were all in positively all in from the get go. And I think, um, that is that is an enormous element of the success of the program, right? Is 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 having that absolute voluntary buy-in, ready to go, take action. You know, I want this. I'm ready to to apply this fully into my life, and you did 100. Yeah. Um, so thank you. But um, you know, in terms of how that you know do, do uh, take not mindlessly drinking. I mean, swapping. 2% for 98% not drinking. What do you think the impact that is on your business or on your, on your focus or yeah, on your life in general? I'm already feeling it. So on those days where I'm compromised, which was 
pretty much every day. Um, I would choose to work in the business rather than on it. And for anyone who is in business knows that that's, you know, that's the difference between life and death. You can, you can mindlessly deal with admin and emails and messaging, and that's great. But if you're not taking the macro view and working on your business and deciding how you're going to grow it or how you're going to open a, another version of it somewhere else or fundamentally change it, you're not going to grow. So that's, that's the difference. You know, I already have a massive sheet of paper in the office next door that has all my ideas on it. These are ideas that, you know, maybe were around in the background, but had no chance of, of, of coming to the foreground Amazing. plus ideas for, for new businesses um, businesses that are around that are failing that I could potentially acquire and help. So yeah, it, my mind's just going crazy. Um, and, and previously I would have probably numbed that out with the beer. No, I would have certainly, definitely numbed it out the beer and obviously mm. that isn't happening now so yeah the best of both worlds massive changes and i get to step up and become become the guy that i always knew i could be and that's yeah it's an amazing feeling wow cool super cool um cool okay so um was i mean obviously complete control is a significant investment yeah. um and and you know this is why we really say it needs to be for High performers, high achievers, you know, business owners, um, entrepreneurs. Because if you make the changes that Luke has mentioned um, into your business, and you're making better decisions, more authentic decisions, having better ideas, having more energy, more productivity, you'll have a significant return on your investment very, very rapidly. So, you know, yeah, has it been worth it? Was it worth it for you? Oh yeah, absolutely, no question. Um, I'm just, I'm turning up as a, a better version of myself and, you know, effectively I am the business at this stage. So if I'm not compromised and I'm, I'm better and more creative and, and more productive and more curious than, and better rested and all, all of those things. And yeah, there is no question that it's, it's an investment that's absolutely worthwhile. Amazing. Amazing. I guess, um, last thing really is what would you say to somebody who was thinking about, um, jumping into our complete control program? Uh, a couple of things. Um, you're probably already aware that the drinking is an issue. Uh, and I can only speak to my experiences as, as my, you know, my style of drinking. So perhaps you're not a classic binger or an alcoholic, air quotes, um, but you know deep down that something needs to change. So with that in mind, you'll also know that you know, some kind of work Almost certainly hard work, difficult work is required. And, and on that front, you'd be right. So what, what I would say is that Complete Control is one of the best places to do that hard work in a, in a safe and supported environment with some very well-informed and, and caring people and using some amazing uh, techniques, tools, and, and even technology. Boom. Amazing. And even technology. <laughs> yeah, and even technology. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all in there. <laughs> it is. And the kitchen sink. And the kitchen yeah. sink. And I would probably, can I, can I throw a bonus in? Yes. Which is to, um, this is a little bit out there, but just to just to say, anyone listening, just to look into the, the re-emerging world of, of psychedelic treatments um, with an open mind and perhaps be receptive to the idea that something is, as crazy sounding as using one drug to stop the abuse of another is, is a very real thing. And there's some, as, as you know, there's some transformative work going on 
And hopefully if things progress as they are in that world, a lot of people will feel the benefit. And I think humanity as a whole will be enriched. And I think it's, it's that powerful and will almost certainly intersect with, with your work at One Year No Beer very soon. Completely. I mean, we've spoken about this, um, you and I personally, uh, many times. Um, obviously, I've been on my own journey as you have. Um, and I'm very excited about what's happening in um, the, the world of science around psychedelic therapy. Um, and um, I absolutely, absolutely want to be able to um, help more people um, with with changing their relationship with alcohol. And I believe that psychedelic treatment will play a fundamental part in that in the future. So, yeah, um, agree. Um, yeah, that's another whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me a call. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, Luke. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below.